Welcome to the Living in Portland, Oregon podcast with your hosts, Jesse Ray Dow and Jackson Ray Wilkie with the Real Agent Now Group. Real Agent Now Group. From morning coffee to those nighttime brewskis, they are here to tell you what it's like to eat, sleep, drink, play, work, and live in the Rose City. What's going on, everybody? This is Jackson Wilkie with the Real Agent Now Group right here in Portland, Oregon. This is going to be another podcast here talking about the coronavirus, its effects on Portland, Oregon, what we're seeing here. Um, you know, from my standpoint, first of all, as a, as a father with kids and schools, and then we got Addison Nett, our um, lender on here, who joins us a ton, and he's going to be talking about, you know, what interest rates are doing and what the stock market means for purchasing, buying houses. Um, there's lots and lots of information in here about, um, you know, really where we're at, you know, because we're having a lot of people buying or, or moving here, wanting to buy houses and stuff. And they're seeing, you know, the feds drop rates to 0%. What does that mean? Well, you know, it doesn't mean the mortgage rates are going to 0%. So we really want to clarify everything and we're going to, you know, be updating everybody as we go along. So um, again, if you are moving, relocating anywhere here into the Portland Metro, reach out to us, shoot us a text, email, call, um, we're always here. We're, we're still working. We're, we're grinding every day. So we're here for any questions you have. So let's jump into this episode. All right. Just kicked it off live. Welcome to the Portland, Oregon uh, YouTube channel. We are going to be going live today, Addy, talking everything Portland. What uh, the coronavirus is doing, not only here in Portland, but maybe to the stock market and what it means to a lot of our buyers, people moving here. Um, and also just kind of like the daily what's up, you know, here in Portland too. So um, we're going to wait. We got some people on. If, if anybody out there in the audience can comment, let us know. You can hear us, see us. And we're going to be going through all of your guys' questions today as well as just kind of our um, – we've prepared. So we have some stuff to talk about. And then while doing that, make sure – we got peace from New York. Okay. <laughs> We got some people in, so it sounds like everybody can hear us. Um, we are live, but I do want to just remind everybody out there, if you have not yet subscribed to this channel, uh, but you want to know what's going on, see all of our cool videos on all the neighborhoods and everything you need to know about Portland, Oregon, make sure you tap that subscribe button and uh, you click that little bell so you're notified every time we do a new video. I think... Addy, we're going to have to go live a few times, maybe today, the next few days, and really keep everybody up to date on what's going on with this. Um, but the burning question, I think, to everybody, I heard and saw that the feds were cutting rates to 0%. Does that mean mortgage rates are 0%? Right. Yeah, Jackson, good morning <laughs> to you, man. And what an incredible weekend. And, yes, the feds had an emergency announcement on Sunday. And I'm, I'm getting blown up on my phone. Right. And the perception is out with the media that feds are slashing to zero. So my interest rate should be zero. Unfortunately, that that isn't truth. So unfortunately and fortunately, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we don't want the entire banking system uh, collapsing here. But yeah, you know, and I've spent a lot of time just last night and this morning and you and I chatting how to distill this down to something that someone who doesn't focus on this stuff all day, every day can right. digest, right? Yep. So I pulled up a few notes here. I think what's important to know right off the bat is the feds cutting their rates doesn't necess necessarily mean 
mortgage interest rates are going to fall out exactly. Right. So from my interpretation, the feds are doing what they can to keep the banking system flowing, meaning access to funds, lower interest rates for businesses, auto loans, credit cards, things to stimulate the economy and keep people fueling it. So it is truly, in fact, up to investors and mortgage companies to decide if they will follow. Yeah. And we're seeing early downticks of rates. So last week, just to give you a range, you're seeing. Yeah, let's go through that, like start of the week, end of the week. Yeah, man. Like Range um, waves. Monday of last week, you're seeing things in the low fours on a national average. And then end of market uh, Friday at the bell, depending on the lender, you're well above four. Right. So now we've seen a little bit of a correction with this huge announcement. Um, and I'm seeing a little bit of a downtick into the higher threes at this point. So okay. the current advisement out there from all the mortgage professionals and mortgage coaches is to float and be patient with the market. The thing to understand here, everybody, is these are historically low interest rates. Yep. So we don't always necessarily need the best rate known to mankind. Right. So we're trending down, but the market needs to stabilize. And we can't just have an entire point decrease in a matter of two hours of open market because the supply and demand is just out of control. So let's, let's slow us down. A point decrease. So you're talking... Let's say interest rates are at four and a half percent, and in one hour they go to three and a half. What does that do? That would just the chaos would be out right. of control. I mean, you would have hundreds of thousands of loans all locked and initiated, right. and in my opinion, might even stall out some software bases. So yep. it's going to happen over time. The best thing that we can do is just remain patient. And I've been telling everyone whether. You know, you're working with myself or another loan officer. The best thing you can do is if you're looking to lock in a refinance rate, maybe consolidate some debt. The best thing you can do is be proactive, have an application right. started, completed, gather all your documentation so that you're a file that actually can be worked on. So this weekend, the both of us, obviously, you know, in contact with sellers agents and we got... We had quite a few of our clients, you know, not make it. They they are postponing their trips, but we did have a lot of clients here and shopping, and it is a busy market. Um, Jesse will be in a little later today. Maybe we can go live again to talk about that. But, too, just from your perspective, calling these listing agents, like how busy was it here still, even with, you know, the market, the coronavirus, all this stuff going on? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Jackson, I think one thing to note is my primary – primary job on the weekends right. is to reach out to those <laughs> yeah. listing agents. So, you know, Jesse, yourself, Heather, our entire team is out there in the field showing these homes yep. and the weekends are when people put in offers. Mm -hmm. So something that I do is reach out to that listing agent when the offer goes in and introduce myself. First and foremost, it's incredibly uh, proactive, which we always want to show a unified team yep. that we're here to support. Anyways, Usually I have a couple calls and like people are um, casually answer, get back to me Monday morning. But every listing agent I spoke to this weekend was talking to me about how these were some of the busiest open houses they have seen in their entire careers. Like talking not 30 to 40 people coming through houses, 30 to 40 groups. And Jeez. 
and a couple of them were noting, you know, they're doing it right. They're sending people in stages and they're being um, healthy and uh, sanitizing. And yeah. it's not just like a mosh pit in there, right. you know, but 30 to 40 groups, that is unreal. So I don't know if there's some cabin fever. Um, I think a lot of people are extremely motivated to move money into a long-term investment now that there's perhaps quite a bit of uncertainty in the future stock market. So that is something that we're seeing here is, yeah, we're not slowing down in this market. We're in, we still, you know, Jesse talked about it just the other day. Um, we're at under two months of inventory. So, um, we're, we're getting back to these like 2016 days, uh, multiple offers. And if you are thinking of, you know, moving, relocating here, and you're kind of wondering how this all shakes up, I mean, the beginning of this, if you miss some of it, first of all, go back and listen to like kind of what the market's doing, but we're at historically low rates and, um, people are really, they, they know that. And so we are seeing a lot of action in our market and we got, you know, some questions popping up here. Um, we have a trip planned to Oregon in mid-April, but now with the closures, would it be worth going? My husband and I would love to come up there and plan to visit and try to have a consultation with you. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those day-by-day type of things. We're going to just kind of monitor it. Um, we have people in town. We have a lot of clients calling. We, you know, like I said, we've had some um, cancel or, or postpone, per se, not cancel, but the number one thing I think you can do right now is just pick up the phone, you know, send us a, a text, call, email, because that's kind of the, the preliminary stages of, okay, you're planning on coming. We can set up some tour dates um, so that when you show up here, we may already be on a bunch of tours or doing stuff too, so we won't have time to squeeze you in. So we love planning that. And as Addy talked about a little bit ago, Maybe getting, you know, these applications or just figuring out what you need from a standpoint of, let's say you were going to put an offer in, like you can't just like, okay, we found the house, let's put an offer and not have all of your ducks in a row. So getting everything lined out ahead of time is definitely uh, pertinent to you coming. So I can, I can speak on a standpoint of just living here. Um, (laughs) If you, if you talk to my wife and her, her, her mom group and the texts, you know, today the, the, the world was going to collapse, but, uh, driving into work today, there's still a lot of people going. I know schools are closed here. My kids are out of school. A lot of businesses that can do it, um, are having employees work from home. I think, um, we have a lot this week that's really going to open up with, with what the president says and, and all these things. But if well, you got, if you got a trip coming here. Yeah. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. We got to take it day by day. So first and foremost, like my heart goes out to anyone that my, any family or individual that's affected personally, whether it's health wise, uh, their career financially. So sending good energy and prayers to those people. Um, obviously, you know, we can't predict the future here. Right. So we just got to take it day by day and remind each other to be patient um now if you're looking for a home and planning to move yeah that's an extremely stressful yeah situation which we made a career out of helping these people but to your point be prepared like do your research there's a ton of videos on different areas of neighborhoods dive as deep as you can into those you know send us some feedback on things that you'd like to see whether the trip happens or not yep get your financing in a row because as this 
as this market continues to shift, the demand is going to continue going up and the people who are prepared and ahead and working with somebody are going to be further along in the line and be serviced to the best of the loan officer's possibilities. Yeah. So with that being said, things are moving. They're, mm-hmm. they're moving here. We're, we're mm-hmm. still buying and selling real estate. Um, and so what that means to you guys, whether you're moving here, coming here, or you already live here is, yeah, these things are going. We're at historically low rates and houses are still selling, but you never can. The, the opportune time to buy a house is when you need shelter, when you need that house. So um, whether it's today, tomorrow, a couple months out, planning is always crucial to that. So, you know, I see another question here. You know, we don't even know if we'll be able to travel by car. We live in LA. Again, that's something that we, we really don't have any. Um, I, I heard last night, from, you know, one of these blogs or something that all travel and inter, interstates could be shut down. We don't know. I mean, and per- I, personally, I think we're we're 30 days from normalcy. Me too, yeah. I think we're about 30 days from normalcy. I'd have no scientific or uh, educational credentials to note why that is, but, you know, some of the blogs and groups that I'm involved in on social media right. within my profession, there are some people out there in the higher-ups in the health areas, and um, the fact that nationally and globally we're doing every, everything – that we can to take the precautions to protect everyone will ease any sort of spreading and effects. So I, I mean, I'd say three to four weeks, you know, we're going to start seeing things back to normal and um, I'm hoping that my prediction is true. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously we can't predict the future and we're just kind of speaking of relative terms today. And so, you know, we got a couple questions. I think that goes straight into it. And first and foremost, I do want to um, tell anybody out there, I'm seeing a lot of new people come on, if you do have um, any questions at all about Oregon, Portland, Oregon, moving here, relocating, what's going on, housing markets, make sure you're asking us those questions. We're here live to answer those. Um, and if you have not yet, you know, and you want to learn everything about Portland, make sure you tap that subscribe button too. Um, but we got one. I, I don't know. This is kind of a sensitive subject in a sense. But, you know, it says um, the Fed is pumping trillions into the market. Do you see a crash in the short-term forecast? I mean, we just talked about the feds mm-hmm. dropping. Yeah. And that's to stimulate. That's to stimulate. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if this is answerable. I know. don't know. Every, I mean, a recession seems to be in forecast, but I feel like it's going to be a small dip and a rebound. I think you have a lot of moving parts with uh, an election year and we do not need another crisis. Um, what the feds have done is cleared up a lot of liquidity, yep. which means that um, we can lend more. And they've also removed the Dodd-Frank rule for the minimum reserves so that banks can lend to each other. All of those things are going to help us keep the process going rather than log jam it up to restrictions. So um, once again, can't predict the future in a crash, but I think post-2008, this is much different than the financial crisis. Our country learned a lot from that crash right. and has created a lot of compliance and guidelines so that people aren't getting financing from a residential standpoint that they can't afford. We, and that's a great point. We, if you have not yet, we, we have a one hour long um, economic forecast. We went to it. So it's not our opinions. It's actual stats, data. Um, and if you haven't seen that yet, I would highly advise you take the time, even just put it on in your in while you're driving and listen to it. You don't even need to watch it. The slides are there, but that 
not only talks about this coronavirus, um, what happened in the past, 08 compared to now, but there is a giant difference from the 08 to now, whereas, you know, there's, there's, we don't have any surprises coming up with these loans of um, balloon payments or anything like that. So it is a different situation. And honestly, what we're seeing on it is in the housing market, we're picking up. These rates are dropping like crazy, and that's an opportune time to buy. And so when it comes to real estate right now, like today, Monday, it is, it's crazy. Like we have a lot of people wanting to buy and get into real estate because, you know, lending and, and getting in there for – Right now, I mean, like you said, you know, we're in the fours, could be dropping to threes. And that's actually a question we got from one of our boys, Gaspar. Uh, you know, what are the current interest rate ranges for primary residents? Like, is there a range right now, Addy? Yeah, and I always reference for, because everyone's all over the country, right? And right. they'll vary per company and state and county. Uh, they're tied to zip yeah. codes. So. And, 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 and to you personally, like mm -hmm. there isn't one interest rate for everybody. Um, obviously, Gaspar knows this, but for everybody else listening out there. T tons of moving variables, obviously, and they teach us never to talk about rates or yep. anything and all of these fine prints. So I like to, since we deal with people all over the nation, I actually reference some uh, mortgage news daily sites that aren't sponsored where banks right. pay for this and that. Yep. So end of market, I was seeing a national average per mortgage news daily of 4.00. Now, I thought for sure I got I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning Pacific Standard to be here at opening bell. Um, we saw the stock market completely st uh, stop, and then <laughs> it took a very long time. It's not funny, sorry, but yeah. it's just not what we. Yeah, yeah, it took a really long time for repricing to reestablish, and you're starting to see you know some improvements to an eight to a quarter of rate into the threes again, but it's different per company too. Because one example is like um, I know for a fact. I have a dear friend of mine is a loan officer at one of the huge banks. Right. They intentionally overpriced all of their refinances nationally to stop getting volume because right. they can't handle it. Okay. So it's going to depend. Are you a purchase borrower? Are you a refi borrower? It all depends on the situation. But, I, you know, per mortgage uh News Daily, which I reference for national averages, the 30-year ended Friday at 4.00, and yep. we're seeing some improvements, which might uh, result into an eighth to a quarter as of right now. Um, but this market moves so f fast, hence all the monitors we have in front of us. And interest rates aren't set, correct? So every day, all day, they're adjusting, correct? They're adjusting, yeah. And here's one little quick thing I got um, from this article uh, on Mortgage News Daily is uh, the bonds that dictate mortgage rates trade thousands of times a day. Mortgage lenders themselves update their rates at least once per day. And we've been seeing anywhere from two to six times in a single day over the last couple of weeks because of this market. In contrast, the feds only meet to consider changing its rate eight times per year. And right. they moved that meeting up to Sunday, yesterday, mm -hmm. God's day. That's the, uh, the emergency that they felt the importance. So it doesn't mean that if the feds are cutting rates that they're not up to speed with what investors in, in mortgage banks reprice half a dozen times in a day. Yep. So, Hopefully, I mean, reach out to us if you want some more links of articles that I'm referencing or whatnot. Um, 
yeah, there's a lot out there. But going back to it, if you're wanting to make a move, I think rates will slowly decrease. That's just a prediction. But everyone needs to be patient. It's not going to happen by the snap of a finger. Right. Um, the systems aren't built for trillions of loans in one month. There's a lot of mortgages out there. A lot. And, you know, the end of last year, we were starting to get up into the five. So if you look at it into relative of that. Still historical lows. Still historical I mean, you're going to get, yeah, if you can get something in today's, Four it's a great three. time to be in the purchase game. Um, we're seeing a lot of people wanting to move their money out of the stocks into real estate. Right. Um, I've even seen some cash buyers out there. Like, yep. Oh, yeah. Well, and we've seen on our side. We're getting, we're getting beat up by a lot of cash buyers. Mm -hmm. uh, we can come in same price, full price. And like Jesse's mentioned a few times, I mean, those are the toughest situations for us. Like if, if, if it's finance to finance with, you know, Addison on our team and Jesse, the bulldog, you know, writing these offers, we're not going to lose it because another important factor is, you know, Addison's reaching out to these listing agents and, and you guys may be coming from a different state or something, that listing agent, that seller might be like, well, have they walked the house, whatever. We're getting deep into this, but we're here, you know, combating all of those questions. So, but to get back to it, yeah, there's a lot of cash buyers in this market. I think we are seeing people moving into the real estate just because of Portland in general. I mean, a lot of, you know, predictions, good predictions, no matter what, I mean, you can't shake the magic eight ball, but that hour and 30 minute, economic forecast we went into was nationwide in the last 20 minutes was about Portland and um, very, very high outlook for, for the Portland Metro for the next t 10 years. You know, it's, it's really good. So we're seeing all we're seeing a lot of action here. Yep. Did you have something you were going to add there? We do have one question and uh, is coronavirus, you know, is it mandatory vaccines in Oregon for kids? No, not right now. I got three kiddos and we haven't heard anything about that. Um, so it is not mandatory here um, that I know of yet, but the kiddos are home. They're at school, or they're not at school. They're home. Um, we are Our spring break here in, in the Portland Metro is next week, so they just cut it a week early. There's some talks of maybe going a few weeks on this. Again, day by day, we're going to learn more and more about this stuff. Um, but that also means that it's not – gloomy and nasty here in Portland and everybody's locked in. We're looking for some of the best weather of the year, mid sixties. And that's what we love about Portland, Oregon. So this isn't all about just interest rates and everything, you know, what's going on in Portland. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. It snowed. Holy shit, man. Yeah. It did snow the other day. It snowed Saturday. It was beautiful. It didn't, it didn't ruin anything. It Nothing. Was, what was that? Like a half inch just woke up. My kids, man, we're from North Idaho. They, they put on the, the snow suits and busted outside and we're throwing snowballs. And then by about lunchtime, it was, it was gone. We were out playing basketball, but we did get some snow. And super rare for late March here. Like it, you it's do, super rare in Portland. Yeah, you don't see that very often. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, even and um, generally speaking, we. Uh, other than that, the, the sun has been. It's been a great. We had a wet January. We've just been having the best February, March so far. Um, lots of sunshine, and, and that is also bringing out the buyers in the, the housing market. So. Um, Lots of people outside. I yep. took my dog for a walk in the afternoon. It was gorgeous outside, and I'd never seen more dog walkers. And um, people getting out there and enjoying the beautiful weather, and that's what the Pacific Northwest is all about, yep. is being outdoors, enjoying the scenery, enjoying uh, the trees and everything. So it was, it was great to, to see that yesterday for sure. Um, again, I see quite a few of you on there. Um, 
we invite you to ask any question about the Portland Metro, about what what's going on here, you know, with the with the stock market and what it means for buying, you know, real estate, um, what it means for jobs here, anything. So make sure you're asking questions. And we got our first one outside of the mortgage industry, and it's how's the East Moreland neighborhood? So um, that's a killer neighborhood. Love it. And it's going to be tucked in there right next to um, the Selwood Moreland area, which is very walkable. You have Milwaukee Street right there, and that's kind of the quintessential Southeast Portland funky area. East Moreland is right there next to Reed College, which is where Steve Jobs went, James Beard. And so it's it's a really pretty area, um, kind of generational style homes there where – you know, we've seen a, there's there's bigger homes there. There, it's definitely a little more expensive. Super safe. There's really nice. You know, there's golf courses around there. Um, yeah, East Moreland is definitely an area where it is high. It, it's definitely a high destination area for sure. If you need more information on that too, Kitty, I mean, we can we can definitely talk more about it. And, I and love show you. I love East Moreland. It's yep. over there by one of the um, oldest public courses in Portland, East Moreland Golf Course. It's Boom. beautiful. You got Reed College. Yep beautiful area that connects over to Westmoreland and it's kind of a back end way to the very sought after Selwood yep. area. So you've got a real mix. And if you didn't catch Jesse and Jackson's most recent Milwaukee vid, um, East Moreland is just North of Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So you can actually, if you're looking at some of those prices for East Moreland, they'll be huge because it's pretty Especially expensive. By the college. Yeah. It's super expensive. Um, you'll see half a million all the way up to a million, depending on the size of home. But if you still love that area, like check out that Milwaukee vid Milwaukee, because yeah. that is not far. And there's a lot of back roads just a couple miles from the East Moon area. Oh, yeah. Nope. Mm -hmm. It's killer. And we did a uh, top five neighborhood of Southeast Portland. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and, you, and we actually tour East Moreland, flew the drone in the air and went up and down the streets. So you can check that out for sure. Um Gaspar says, have you seen higher or lower than normal inventory on the market this quarter? What do you anticipate inventory will be in Q2? Um, Jesse just talked about this. Um, Gaspar, we, we did a video last week, the coronavirus one, and it was actually about this. So he goes into actual stats and data. We're at 1.8 months of inventory right now, meaning um, if we were to stop listing any houses, less than two months. So we are getting back into that 2016-ish style. It's heating up. It's heating up. And um, we are having lower than normal um, inventory. I guess not even lower than normal because Jesse also mentioned and referenced in there that I don't think we've ever been above three months of inventory in the past three, four years. So we've still been really low, but now we are sub two months. And what we've been talking about is, and we've been seeing, we have a lot of clients wanting that North Portland area, Mississippi area, you know, up uh, Nopo where, where Addie lives. And it's my backyard, baby. It is. Holy crap. I'm talking a house will be listed at 650 and there's like 10 offers and it goes for 700 um, week, the first weekend. So it is absolutely starting to pick up definitely in certain, in, in different areas. Um, and, and especially with the low inventory, I mean, people are jumping on stuff. Do you have anything to add to that? Just, I'm getting, just yeah. even in my mortgage console, it's like with me, my current primary, my wife and I live up in North Portland. Like a lot of people want deeper dives. Yep. I'm, 
I've been recording a lot of the screen shares and map breakdowns. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome area, and I think there's a lot to be had there. The Mississippi area is very, very cool, and a lot of people want to be right there. Yep. However, it's super expensive to just be blocks off of Mississippi. And I think one other thing to note is, like, if you're pulling up Google Maps and you're looking at these different areas, like, no, you could be in between Kenton and St. John's, and you're not far from Mississippi, the Alberta Arts District. Like, these are just a couple miles, like yep. a, an electric scooter ride away. So you might be able to save a significant amount of money on your budget if you're willing not to be two blocks off of the strip of Mississippi. Yeah, one thing, there's MLK Boulevard. It's going to be more towards the east side. Like, staying away from that, mm -hmm. uh, but in towards Mississippi is where you want to be. But that whole Mississippi Ave, especially by the new seasons, you know, these Whole Foods, everybody wants right. to be <laughs> walking yeah. distance to those. Um, we've done some killer videos up there, and it is absolutely exploding up in northeast. And that's just kind of... We we kind of got off on a tangent from the from the Q two, but yeah, the, the Nopo area is exploding, um, and I think you know we referenced this earlier on. It's one of those areas that was like more affordable than even Northeast Portland, but right. you're, you're blocks away. You're blocks away, and another thing that we get a lot of question is where would if I wanted diversity uh, for my family from a living situation, where would I want to be, Jackson? Where would I want right. to be, Addie, Jesse, Heather? And the Northeast and North Portland areas are more diverse than yep. the Southeast or Southwest. So th that's another appealing part. And I loved when Jesse was talking about that um, Alberta arts area, you just get that more inner city feel. Mm -hmm. So you'll have diversity and you'll have that lifestyle. Um, that's a little more, I don't know, I'm overusing the word diverse, but yep. you're in the mix essentially. Gotcha. Real quick. Katie asks, is there a lot of homeless near Laurelhurst Park? That's a definitely a tough situation to talk about. But, yeah, so that, that Burnside Road goes right up to through Laurelhurst, which is definitely a highly touted area. And Laurelhurst um, houses some of the coolest and biggest homes. But the park itself, um, uh, just to be honest, we did a video in there. You do see some kind of hanging out in that area, in the park. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about Laurelhurst because my former office used to be right there in the Hollywood district, like not football fields away from Laurelhurst Park. So it's an interesting part of town. One thing to know if you're pulling up a map, that division between Hollywood and Laurelhurst is uh, the 84 highway. Right. So up by 84 and under those bridges, yes, you will see homeless camps, meaning like four to six uh, tents maybe set up under the bridges and whatnot. Right. But the city actually does a really, really good job of protecting the parks, um, particularly with Laurelhurst. It's a huge park. It's yeah. gorgeous. It's beautiful. You will see like uh, a couple of RVs parked there maybe overnight, but the police here do a really good job of not allowing right. overnight parking. And that's a really big piece to it. And I'll segue that into... This is something that we've been trying to define as a uni universal yeah. term is what is rough because we get people who move up here from like LA or different parts of California or even on the East coast and they describe rough and someone like me who's lived here. Like that's like rough is like, Oh, I saw a homeless person. Right. Yep. So it, it, it's really hard to describe the temperature of that when we've got a term of rough that's undefined. So a lot of people say like, wow, this is nothing. They even yep. come down from say Seattle or different parts 
of California, and it's nothing compared to what they're used to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but yes, to answer your question, there is in the park every once in a while you'll see them. We shot a video in there. I was in there with my kids. Um, there is people packed in there enjoying these parks. But yep, you'll see them every once in a while. So uh, we got a question here. I think is a really good one. That's just gonna. You know, and it comes in from our partner because he's asking this because we're, we're getting these questions from so many people. But Jesse brings up a good topic to you. You know, what's the difference between a pre-approval and a full approval? And why is it so important to get a full approval with multiple offers? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the actual there's there's a couple different terms being used, a pre-qualification, a pre-approval, and then also pre-underwritten approval. So I'm going to do my best to kind of break down yep. the different ones. So stage one would be a pre-qualification. So you've finished an initial app, your, your credit's been pulled, you've spoken to a mortgage um, advisor exactly. or a loan officer. So you've done the preliminary work. However, you haven't maybe supported everything you put on that application with documentation, meaning, hey, you say you got $100,000 liquid and you're telling the loan officer but you haven't verified that with bank statements or perhaps it's not liquid. Um, additionally, your income usually supported by pay stubs. So you'll see a pre-qualification letter a lot, which is just an entry level conversation has been had. In some instances, a credit report has been pulled and verified. So pre-approval, you will see um, typically in this market out here in Oregon, and it's gonna be different everywhere. Right. You'll see at minimum, a desktop underwrite perform, a full credit report, and a minimum doc list gathered, meaning that you've demonstrated your assets through bank statements, you've demonstrated your income through pay stubs, you've also provided W-2s as well as some tax returns. So you essentially have a complete file, wow. and the loan officer has utilized an automated underwriting machine, which gives the findings of approved or not approved. So that is a very strong situation. You have full docs together, you're working with your loan officer. Um, most times if you've got a simplified file, it's not complex, you're good to go. Yep. Now, a fully underwritten, pre-underwritten file has actually been through a dry run. So that means we've done steps one and two, but we've also given it to a human underwriter, not the automated system, and gone through the works. So you've got a supporting team that has actually verified through your company that you're employed. Yep. They've verified that all your assets are in fact true and that you filed and everything's good and there's no issues. So the underwriter will actually process the entire file as if it was a real transaction. Now, one thing to note is that's the ideal thing. Like we're always pushing to get people through pre-underwriting mm -hmm. fully so that the loan officer can reach out to the sellers and be like, look, we've done all the work here. All we need to do is have an accepted offer, get the appraisal done most of the time if, if needed, and then we're flying to right. the end zone here. Yep. However, one thing to be aware of is this market is flooded, flooded, flooded trillions of applications. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, the pre-underwriting process, depending on who you're working with, might be delayed. Yeah. Like there's even companies out there in not a busy market that won't do a pre-underwriting because it costs them money. It right. costs hours and labor, um, assistance and underwriters. Um, that being said, I just would like to stress the point more. Get with your loan officer, 
do what you can to get ahead. And even if you're a couple months out, like submit into a pre underwriting process to get as many boxes checked. Like we were able to reach out to one of our sellers and be like, look, I've got all yep. the income verified, all the assets verified. I've reran the credit. Like we, this is a very, very solid file. Are there any other questions? And I'm really straight up with the listing agents, which I think they like. It's yeah. like the only variable right now is the appraisal. That's it right now. Yeah. And they love just hearing a human voice. So good question. Yeah. The, there's a big difference. Why that's so pertinent to us right now too is um, we're getting people like, Hey, I think I'm, I think I'm about two, three months from out from buying or four months. Um, they come here, they tour and they realize, you know, there's a 30 day closing process. Maybe they don't even have a payment for another month after that. You know, it's two months out mm -hmm. and um, all of a sudden they come into town, they see how competitive our market is and they're out touring with us. You know, Jesse's writing an offer for other clients and kind of portraying this out there. And people are like, crap, I need to, you know, or I really love this house. This house right here we just saw is exactly what I want. What do I need to do to buy it? And we're like, well, you know, I mean, it's probably going to go this weekend. Have you even been pre-approved yet? You know, or any of these people that haven't reached out to us, you know, haven't taken these steps and they are not in a position to put an offer in. It can lose out. So like he said, this is not like a, you call us, we pull your credit and get ding type of thing. It's like, Hey, here's the three or four steps. Here's the four things you need to, uh, you know, have in, in, in a checklist in order so that when you do start looking, if you're ready to pull that trigger, boom, we can. So um, great questions out there. We got another one, you know, what's the safest parks for kids was thinking about Lake Oswego from Irvine, California. So, I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. Can't miss area. And when it comes to parks, again, we'll go back even to the East side, like these parks, most all parks are really taken care of. I take my kids all over this city. Um, and even up in the van, in the Vancouver area and they are clean. They're fun. Most of them have playgrounds and the parents around these neighborhoods do a good job to keeping them clean. But I will say, yeah, I mean, that whole west side and even to the south, you know, the Westland where Addy Net is from mm -hmm. and Lake Oswego, they just can't miss areas at all. Lake Oswego is probably one of our most expensive areas in the Portland metro. Top schools, um, not only in Portland, but in, in the state of Oregon. Mm -hmm. Very safe. So... Lake Oswego is a can't miss. Westland is just to the um, south of it a little bit, a little bit more affordable. And then obviously out to the Beavertons, Tigers, Twalton areas too. Loving these questions, guys. We still got quite a few of you on. We're inviting you to ask us any question you have about the Portland Metro, about what's going on here. Um, and if you are new to this channel, you, you caught us live. We do do a lot of live um, channel or uh, we do a lot of live videos and we also are doing so many neighborhood tour videos. So many videos about what it's like to live here. Me only being here two and a half years, my story on moving here, the pros and the cons. Um, and then Jesse's take of 37 years here in the Portland Metro. So um, yes, if, if that's, you know, interests you about Portland, Oregon and everything about it, make sure you tap in that subscribe button and uh, yeah, keep firing some of these questions. We'll go a little bit longer here. Um, here's one for you. Why do so many people avoid doing a full approval until the last minute? Huh? I think it's a, <clears throat> what I found is it's, it's really not exciting to pull together your loan documentation. From, yeah. I mean, even myself, like I've done a few mortgages now and a refinance and, um, it just, it's 
not exciting work versus looking at listings, looking at photos, looking at video walkthroughs, all that's really exciting, right? There also might be some people have this fear, right? Which is kind of counterintuitive to the whole goal. I think there is a fear. I I 100% agree with that. It's like anything, like you apply for a, a loan for a credit card or an auto loan and you're not familiar and that's not what you do as a profession every day, that's intimidating. Shit kind of gets serious. Yeah, all these people, <laughs> like even buying a car is one of the worst experiences ever. Yeah. You wait for some guy to be like, well, let me go talk to the big man. And then they bring out the sheet of paper. The, yeah, they come back on it. and then they want you to like Sharpie sign, like if I can get you this deal. Yeah. And I think also pre-crash, there was like so many unlicensed loan officers that shouldn't have been in this industry just not providing an yep. advisement service and actually helping so i think that's a vibe we all bring here as a team is like hey we're yeah. here to help you and Bloody. hopefully you get on that zoom call with us and get to know us and that's not the style at all but i think that's probably some of it is that fear of like it, it's just better to assume that it's probably all going to work out um to argue a different point i mean I think uh, also they're just not sure like who they want to use and they don't want to open up this big can of worms until they're really ready. All, all of our relocation peeps too, like there's a lot of moving parts with their employment, their financial situation, where they want to live. Um, there might even be like one spouse that's fronting the initiative to move and the other one's not quite on board. Right. So I don't know, an infinite amount of variables, but I think it's just intimidating. Anything with credit and loans is intimidating to most consumers. Yeah. The process that we see most typical is we are doing all these videos. We tell you to reach out day, night, weekends. We don't ever stop working, but we're getting these people calling us and it's either, Hey, I am moving there. Um, got a new job, need a house, or it's, Hey, thinking about moving there, maybe in the next few months, just kind of getting my ducks in a row or, Hey, you know, I'm on interview number two. It could work out, you know, may not. We are having these conversations with everybody. Right. And what we're going to do is if, you know, Hey, Portland is a viable option. We're going to set up this zoom call. So we meet face to face on a video zoom call with me, Addison, Jesse, um, Heather, our buyer's agent, the, you know, the whole team who, who can make it. And, what happens is usually they just have a couple questions about Portland and then it opens up. It spills into the whole, you know, oh, okay, so what does it take to buy a house? And it really becomes easy. And at the end of it, this isn't to like toot our own horn, but this is what happens 99% of the time. It comes into an initial, hey, let's learn about Portland. I might be moving there to, oh, my gosh. Okay, now I know about Portland. I think I have the area locked down that would most fit our lifestyle, whoever's coming with you. And now we have all these financing questions opened up, no credit pulled, nothing. It's just a consultation. It would be like going in and learning about retirement or whatever. You know, it's just like talking to somebody, getting the the information on truly what's going here. So we do, you know, invite you. You can text, call us, email us day, night, weekend, you know, with these questions about certain areas, about the the interest rates, you know, even if you don't want to ask them on here and you want to ask us privately. So um, with that being said, I haven't seen too many new um questions pop up if you have any questions for us at all about portland coronavirus interest rates what's going on make sure you ask those we'll probably go live a few more times this week um to just update everybody uh, on what's going on we are your eyes ears and uh walking legs here in the portland metro for you so um well and once again jackson i mean i did think as a team we can't reiterate enough yeah our hearts do go out to anyone that's been affected 
uh, by the virus, whether it's health-wise or their job or an extended family member. So just pr- yep. thoughts and prayers out to people. But here in Portland, shifting to the real estate, things are moving hot here. Things are steady. People are out there, multiple offers, busy open houses. So if you're planning on coming here this year or next year, set up that initial Zoom call. Get to know the team. At worst, you got some people that you know here where you're going to live. Yep, right? you do. Um, yeah, that uh, that kind of answers them all. And we really appreciate everybody who joined today. And um, with that, I think we, we got a couple more videos coming out, and we're going to be going live. If you do have questions, man, this Portland market is heating up. It really is. In fact, not heating up. It's been hot um, with sub two months of inventory. So, um thinking about moving, relocating at any time, you know, reach out to us, give us a call, shoot us a text, send us an email, however you want to get a hold of us. Uh, We got your back when moving here to the Portland Metro. That's all we got for today. To learn more about Portland, make sure you hit that subscribe button and please leave us a review. And make sure you check them out and subscribe to their YouTube channel, Living in Portland, Oregon, and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you are even thinking about moving or relocating to the Portland Metro or Southwest Washington, make sure to give them a call, shoot them a text, or send them an email because they got your back when moving to the Portland Metro.